Welcome back to another episode of the Red Sky Fuel for Thought podcast. It's that time again, time to look back on the year that was. Whether you're doing so fondly and wistfully or bidding it good riddance, well, that depends on the unique human experience that you're having. What we try to do at Havas Red every year is identify a collective word of the year, especially as it relates to communications. We look for a single word that sums up, globally speaking, what we're all experiencing. We know it's a big task and the lexicon is always shifting, so we never know what this exercise will turn up. Good thing is most of us in this industry landed here in some form or fashion because we love words and how powerful they can be. This year, we are going to be presenting our agency's fourth annual word of the year. The big reveal will happen later in this very episode. To land on it, we asked our colleagues globally about what word they would use to describe 2023. I'm Ellen Mallory, and today I'm joined by two of these colleagues, Linda Descano, a CFA and EVP in our U.S. office, and Bianca Maria Caviotto, or as we like to call her, B. She's a client partner in our U.K. office. Welcome, both of you. Hi, Ellen. B. Hi. So happy to be back. Linda, first of all, thank you for heading up our Word of the Year survey again this year. Can you tell us, how does one manage to identify such a word? Uh, what was our approach? Well, as you rightfully said, Ellen, in the intro, it is a huge task, but it's something that we started in 2020 and we are just passionate about words. And so what we do is we invite our colleagues from across the Havas and across the world. We ask clients and our friends and social connections all to share their one word of the year, how they would describe, in this case, 2023, from their experience and why they selected that word. And as you might expect, we gather everyone's inputs. We start by looking for like, what are the words that are popping out by the number of mentions? But, you know, we just don't go by the volume of mentions. We also look at themes words that are expressing similar sentiments or ideas. So for example, what are the words that maybe describe change or there are words that maybe, you know, encompass different emotions or words that maybe describe the state of the world or the state of the economy. And we also look at what are those standout words, maybe words that people may thought we had one a few years ago called Corona Coaster. So embodying the ups and downs of navigating through the pandemic. And we take all of these inputs and we convene our editorial board, as we like to call it, which is a, an editorial board that consists of registers from different disciplines, different markets, to really have a good old-fashioned chit-chat, chin-wag about what are we seeing, feeling, what are we thinking? And after a couple of rounds of discussion, we sort of narrow down to that single word to reflect the global zeitgeist based on all of the people who fed into our exploration. Well, it's no small task. Bianca, this is the fourth year that we've put out a word of the year. Will you remind us what our previous words were? Yep, sure. So so in 2020, we actually had a tie. It was a pivot and unprecedented. And I think obviously that was the year that sort of the pandemic began, whether or not you say it's 2019 or 2020, but technically it was when all the lockdowns and everything kind of started globally and we were faced with the unknown both personally and professionally as well. So actually, it's a really good, both of those words are very apt in terms of the situation that we were faced with then. Then in 2021, it was adapt. 
So as we, I guess, continue to navigate this unknown territory, there were hints of normality in lockdown, out of lockdown, and it saw businesses and society really adjust where possible with almost like no end in sight, which I guess is the the case in point. You know, adapted, you know, we adapted to how we lived, how we worked, how we breathed, you know, just to accommodate a very continuation of the unknown. And then in 2022, it's almost like it summed up really what the last couple of years have kind of caused us. And we became resilient. So our key word was resilience. The pandemic shaped how we move about each day, how we conduct our business, how we survive. And so with a backdrop of economic uncertainty and growing concerns of climate crisis and an elevation of social unrest, we really demonstrated that we're much more resilient than we thought we were. So I guess that's where we landed over the last few years. So you can see that's really been shaped by sort of the global circumstances. Absolutely. Well, I know that we're certainly not the only people who enjoy this whole word of the year exercise. In the lead up to our own word, we pay close attention to what words the major dictionaries and other organizations are putting forward. Bianca, can you tell us some of the other words of the year that have been announced so far this year? Yeah, absolutely. And I I had actually quite a lot of fun looking into these in quite a lot of detail. What do they mean? Where did they come from? you know, kind of how often they're being used, like their frequency. But we'll start off with the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which selected the word authentic. And I guess in this day and age, we are currently craving authenticity in a in a reality of misinformation and fake news, celebrity culture, generative AI. We, we can't tell what's real and what's not. But equally, we also want brands to tell us what they're really thinking and feeling and doing so we can trust them to deliver what we need, but also do the right thing for society as well. So I think the word for authentic, that really sits at the heart, especially from a communications point of view. For the Oxford University Press, they picked the word Riz, which is my favourite, although it's not really relevant, but it's still my favourite, which is internet slang for romantic appeal or charm. And for me, that is just a demonstration of the clear world domination that Gen Z is having, I guess. It's teaching everyone how to embrace digital because this is a word that has come from TikTok. So it's a trend of people kind of coupling up and getting back out there and kind of on the dating scene again. And I just love the fact that it's this natural evolution of the English language, which is very much led by technological differences and advancements. So I just find that quite interesting. The Collins Dictionary led with AI. I guess that's slightly predictable, but very much influenced by the digital and tech culture. I feel like the last year has moved it and AI has gone from hype to intent. Um, and that's very much since the launch of ChatGPT back in, God, November 2022 now. So I think it will only continue on this path and we'll continue to see AI or Gen AI kind of being used or kind of identified as word of the year across various different platforms. Cambridge Dictionary, they talk about hallucinate, which I guess what we associate hallucination with is maybe not feeling so great. It's It happens as a result of feeling quite unwell or if you've potentially sort of taken drugs that's the association. But the additional meaning now is it's kind of relating to AI systems such as chat, uh, which generates text that kind of mimics human writing. And it's about that hallucination and the production of false information. So again, very much led by tech and, and innovation. This is a really interesting one, actually. Oxford English have come out with, I think it's a phrase actually, play harder, which was coined from club goers who basically have gone back into the clubs, they're doing what they do best and they're doing what they do, what they love the most, I guess. And apparently they kick off if they don't have at least a minimum of 160 beats per minute. And basically 
It's when you go to the DJ booth and you shout at them to, or you make requests for songs that you want to hear. And, and actually, Oxford English launched the phrase play harder in April, which was eight months earlier than anticipated because they wanted an opportunity to recognise a cultural phenomenon. They wanted to kind of take what was going on in that moment and talk about it, which I guess from a comms point of view, that's exactly how we like to behave. But I think what that word does is it captures the speed at which we're all wanting to move at such a down-tempo few years. A very empowering one here that we have is the Australian National Dictionary Centre. They came out with Matildas, which is a celebration of their female football team who did amazing this year. And I guess it's just a nod to the amazing effort that they put in. And in terms, I think they came fourth place as well. And it's showing the world how proud they are of them. And what we do know is that women's football is very much front and centre at the moment. And it's on par probably in some countries with male football. So I think that's a really positive movement as well for women in sport. And then just finally, this one's a little bit nostalgic. So German youth word of the year, which is goofy, just goofy. Obviously, we associate goofy. Well, he is the Disney character, clumsy, silly, never quite gets things right. And the German youth kind of use it as a term of endearment for those who make them laugh. So I quite liked that one. It's quite nice. But again, it's that it's Gen Z, isn't it? Kind of dominating the way that we think and we feel and kind of how we how we perceive things. So, yeah, just a quick recap, really, of kind of the other words that have been celebrated this year and pointed out. Yeah. Thanks for taking us on a global tour of words of the year on the Oxford English one play harder that was announced back in April. I heard that people were actually standing outside the dictionary's office yelling play harder to make it known that they wanted this to be the word of the year. It really shows that people are invested in this and they want to influence what what these words become. Absolutely. I think, we you know, we want to be heard. I think that's a really big thing at the moment. And I think heard is, especially for a year like that we've had this year, people do just want to be noticed. They want to be listened to. They want to be heard. And I just think it really plays into the kind of the current state of the society at the moment. So, so yeah, but they did literally bang down the doors and say, play harder. So, um, so yeah. Well, on that note, Linda, I want to hear from you. Let's not keep our listeners waiting any longer. Can you tell us what is Havas Red's 2023 word of the year and why did we settle on it? So, drum roll, please. Our 2023 word of the year is chaos. Chaos. You know, one of the most prevalent themes in this year's submission was around what was happening in the broader world. You know, people used terms like cacophony of overwhelming negative noise that they're being inundated with day to day. The word conflict, conflict from the culture wars, right? Over reproductive rights, LGBTQ plus rights, and over DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, to the political battles. And many people cited the election of the Speaker of the House in the U.S., to actual wars in Ukraine and, and in Gaza. People use the words storm and turbulence around the spectrum of life, right? Societal, economic, political issues. It's feeling of being unsettled with wild shifts and instability in like every sector of the world. And the word storm to encompass this, like the extreme weather events and concerns, really palpable concerns about the state of our global climate health. And so taking this all into mind, 
we felt that chaos really embodied the uncertainty, the disruption, this wall of noise that so many were experiencing in very personal ways. But also, as we thought about it with communication lens, it also strikes us an opportunity for brands and businesses, governments, to really provide that line of sight, that vision for how we can come together, how we can find solutions collectively, the way we tackle the global pandemic to pave a better way forward, right? To address these concerns that can seem overwhelming, but together we can make a difference because there was still that sense of optimism and hope and resilience that were, you know, embedded in some of the commentary when people were describing that this feeling of uncertainty, of chaos in their lives. Bianca, what about you? How does chaos resonate with your experience of 2023? I feel like it's so relevant because I personally feel like society has taken a bit of a turn for the worse this year and it's really dominated the the news landscape. I know people who have switched off from news entirely because of the impact of it on their mental health and not being able to cope with such negative headlines. And I think that whilst you can't ignore or kind of, you know, block your ears to what's going on or close your eyes to it because it's all around us, I think that says quite a lot that people are willing to go that far to avoid the chaotic nature of, I guess, just how we are globally at the moment. And there's no one country who's been safe from any of that. And I know it sounds quite negative, but I think it would almost be unreal to kind of say that it's been any other way. I think we could all probably safely agree that that's been the the vibe really for the whole of the year. You know, it's chaotic because the successes and achievements and the positives that have, you know, that have happened globally, they rarely make front page news. And then when they do, they're not there for sort of long enough. So we've had to really think on our feet about how we get sort of from a comms point of view, you know, great client stories out there. You know, how do we get that real positive, I guess, I don't know, kind of positive perception, like the great stories, what I like to call the golden nuggets, like how do you get that out there? And when you're dealing with a sea of negativity, it, it can be quite challenging, you know, and we've had our successes, but I think this year chaos is just the most appropriate word. I agree. It's unfortunate that it's not a positive word. I think that's what we would all hope for, but... It's factual of our experience of 2023. Yeah, I think it's authentic as well, isn't it? It's like we said, you know, that people are craving authenticity. And if we were to come out with a word that was very, very positive, then people would probably look at that and say, are you, really, are you sure? So I think it's just credible. People will look at it and go, actually, yes, we get it. We see it. We've, we're living it. So true. I think it also offers an upper, it's like from chaos, right? You can form something. And so I think it's also, it provides uh, a potential way forward that from this, we have the potential, right? We can really create positive change and clarity by navigating through this chaos. If we harness our energy, right? We work collectively to address some of these, these challenges. And with, in 2024, I believe, Mark, a year with, 40 or more national elections around the globe. So that might be feeding into some of these feelings, but also could be, right, depending on engagement and the ability to have democratic 
involvement in those elections could be a really powerful force for positive change. Absolutely. Well, Linda, I know you mentioned earlier that we consider words numerically in terms of what we receive, but also thematically. Was chaos the word that received the most number of votes? And if not, what was? And can you tell us some of the other themes that emerged and any standout words? Sure. So from a pure number standpoint, AI or artificial intelligence, you know, really was the most number of responses, but they're far from being in the majority. And when why people selected AI was really around, it symbolized this unknown leap forward for humanity. It was also synonymous with two different possibilities, life enhancing technology or absolute elimination of human purpose. So people had, you know, were, were on both sides of the fence when it came to AI. Then sort of another key theme was around growth or change-oriented words. The word growth, development, change, evolution, transformation, rebirth, uh, reset, which was really interesting because when people use the growth and change-oriented words, it was very much from a personal standpoint, right? It was a very internal focus, like working on myself to learn something new every day. It was a year of maturing, changing my habits, and a year of overall growth as an individual. Um, those were the themes which I found particularly interesting because earlier this year, the Habasco published our 2023 Meaningful Brand Study where we talked to people from around the world about how they, their perceptions of brands and how brands are contributing to their personal well-being and, and such. And, and everyone, we called it Welcome to the Economy because the one thing we heard is people want brands to speak to them as individuals and put them first. So this really resonated that, you know, personal growth continued to be a dominant theme. Resilience was another key theme, right, from our word of the year in 2022. Perseverance, commitment, grit, strength, tenacity were all captured in that category. And lots of words that were simply around emotional state from ambivalent, uncertain, unexpected, to bittersweet, to balance, to connect it to the patients. And, you know, a fourth theme was around potential, right? And understanding the value that potential can offer. I think the most unusual word was angry or being angry post-pandemic, which was shortened to someone hangry, reminded me of hangry. And that was really this idea of just this anger, this residual anger coming out of the pandemic that some people felt they just haven't lost and it's become almost like a way of life and a persistent state of mind. Okay. And well, interesting recap, Linda. Thanks for that. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you before we wrap this up to share what your personal word of the year is. My personal word of the year is disbelief. I am at an age where I experience firsthand the civil rights marches in the late 60s. I watched the women's rights movements evolve in the 1970s and have, you know, been part of the, the voice for, for change in many of the rights, you know, reproductive rights, women's rights, rights for people of color, eliminating discrimination for LGBTQ plus and being an advocate and, and an ally. And to see over the past year, 
so many the the politicization of these issues, the the clawback of these issues and rights, um, with a sense that we were now being catapulted back 20, 30, 40 years and having to fight yet again to regain and all this ground that I thought we were propelling forward. And it just for me was a year I just could not believe that that people were questioning the whole subjective of DE and I, the the rights that that everyone should have and what we needed to treat everyone equally and tolerance and respect for different beliefs and, and, and different cultures. And that just really profoundly affected me. And just I was it's like this nonstop set of shocks and so of the that we had to re-argue and go back and yet reclaim all this ground that so many have dedicated decades um, to advance on on our behalf. And how about you, Bianca? What In reflection, what is your word of the year? Well, I'm going to go for a phrase, if that's okay. <laughs> uh, mine is, mine's pause for thought. I, I don't know. I've lost count. I think every day it's taking a moment and going, I need to think about this more so than I ever have done in my life. And I think I mean that personally, professionally, you know, and I, I think this year I feel like I've had to really take the time out to really process what's going on with everything. So, you know, the struggles that clients have been facing, the struggles that, you know, I myself have faced as being, you know, a mother to, you know, a 16 year old and and kind of understanding puberty isn't the same as what it was when I was 16, you know, in my own relationships, in when I'm at work with my teams, that just, you just have to pause for thought. And for me, that's been almost a bit of a solution when you're faced with something chaos and you you know caught off guard or if it's planned but it's kind of just having to pause for thought and just really think about what it is that you're going to do next and i'm very kind of you know i feel quite confident in saying that this year i've done that more than ever and it's a huge learning and development for me and actually it's kind of set me up as well for a lot you know supporting a lot of people supporting myself so for me, the phrase really is around kind of pause for thought because it's it's such an essential skill to have, whether or not you're in work or at home or whatever that looks like. So it's it means a lot to me, and I feel like that's a it's it's bit it's a huge part of kind of who I am this year, really. But what about what about you, Ellen? What what's your word or phrase? You can have a phrase if you want. <laughs> I did consider a phrase, but but I narrowed it down to one word, and it is the same word that I had last year, and that word is peace. That's more of an intention I set than a reflection on how things have actually been for me in 2023. But every year it does seem I get a little bit closer to peace. It's been a tumultuous few years for me personally with a lot of change and upheaval and things that I've had to grieve. And now that I'm coming out on the other side of that, it's still peace that I want. And I want peace at work and at home in my relationships with my children and my partner and myself. And this really goes back to what you were saying, Bianca, because when I focus on peace, it also reminds me to pause before I react, because I'll probably have a more peaceful outcome. And when I focus on peace, it reminds me to say no to things that won't bring me peace and yes to things that will. 
And in 2024, I really want peace more than ever, not only for myself, but for the folks in Gaza and Israel. And that is the absolute inverse of chaos. So I'm hoping we can turn things around in 2024. Thank you both so much for joining me. This is the final episode of the Red Sky podcast this year. And it was a pleasure speaking to you. And that is a wrap. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can subscribe to the show using your favorite podcasting app, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Please don't forget to rate and review the show to let us know how we're doing. We hope you'll join us again for more of the latest communications insights and trends from the team at Havas Red. We'll see you again soon.